0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review, our beloved got one step closer to the regular season when they kicked off the preseason against the Miami Dolphins at Soldier Field on Thursday night to kick off the John Fox era. How did the new Bears look on their first outing? And should we be encouraged? All of this and so much more on the preseason week one review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Thursday night, the day that we have been waiting for since the very despicable end of the Mark Trestman era finally arrived when the Bears took the field against the Miami Dolphins to kick off the preseason. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the week one, or the excuse me, the preseason week one review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. And welcome back, everybody. It is, uh, it is that time of year again. Uh, we're only going to have review episodes for the remainder of the preseason. Uh, you know, next weekend we play the Colts in Indy, and and that's going to be after we spend a couple of days actually practicing with them this week. It's either two or three days, I'm not sure which. That we're going to be practicing with the Colts before we play them uh, next Saturday in Indy. Then the following weekend we have our dress rehearsal game in Cincinnati against the Bengals before we wrap up the preseason. I think, on the 3rd of September um, against the uh, Browns, as we have every year, uh, to, to wrap things up there. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, I don't know, Thursday, it, it was such an interesting day on Thursday, our interesting night, um, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about we'll, we'll talk about all of it. Of course, the, the biggest development is, is what I found out as I was rolling out of bed uh, this morning. Um, over the summer, I've taken up Uber driving, so I was out until about three o'clock in the morning uh, doing Uber driving, so I didn't get up today until about 10:30, uh, 11 o'clock and uh, reading all of these tweets and notifications that, oh yeah, by the way, Kevin White, uh, who said that he was fine and chomping at the bit to get on the practice field is having surgery on his shin and might he might miss the whole freaking season now. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 gonna have to rant about this a little bit, um, and um, yeah, to hell with it. Let's just go ahead and start there because. You know, the first preseason game is the first preseason game. You know, if we want to, we can beat that thing to death as far as, you know, the starters didn't look impressive or anything like that, still had a lot of pre-snap penalty problems, blah, blah, blah. We'll get to that, okay? To me, that's the secondary story to what I want to talk about today. So we're going to go ahead and dive right into this whole mess with uh, Kevin White and how I feel it was handled by the Bears and why it pisses me off. At first, the whole situation was treated as kind of a footnote to the OTA practices. Oh, you know, uh, no big deal, uh, Kevin White... Suffered, You know, it was kind of one of those things that we also found out about after the fact was that, you know, Kevin White had a problem, uh, a leg injury. And that's that's as much as we were told uh, in the beginning. And then slowly but surely over time, you know, we're learning that he's not he didn't participate in any other of the other OTA practices, uh, you know, and we're still getting very little information, if if nothing. Uh, from the Bears about Kevin White's status and his injury and and where we were with it uh, and everything. And then finally, I feel like at the beginning of training camp is when we finally found out what part of the leg was actually bothering him. And it was the shin. But it's like, here we are. We've had a few months. He's been rehabbing, blah, blah, blah. We're taking him slowly because he's a rookie, we don't want to, you know, uh, we don't want to have any setbacks. We don't want him to make it worse. You know, he's, you know, I remember John reading John Fox saying he's mad at me because he wants to be out there. And I just And then, you know, finally they say, "Okay, he's missed all 10 11 practices whatever it was so far." Because they're holding him back. If it was up to Kevin White, he had been out there day one uh, running routes and catching passes uh, and everything like that. And then we finally hear okay, he's going to start doing some light running. And apparently Monday went great. No problems, no pain. Tuesday, the pain showed up again. And we're not finding out until Saturday. Number one, that it was. I, it, we we basically been been i feel like we've been lied to as a fan base as to the severity of this injury because i for whatever reason the bears have been very very cagey about what the problem with kevin white actually was i mean it, it wasn't it was kind of a throwaway comment from fox when he finally admitted at some point whether it was the last last ota practice before camp or right at the beginning of training camp i don't remember when exactly it was but he was like it's a shin or whatever you want to call it it was a throwaway comment like that he just kind of tossed it out of there probably because he was sick of people asking him what kevin white's actual problem was he just kind of threw it out that's ah, a shin or whatever you want to call it uh all right fine But we would never led to believe that this injury was anything other than the Bears just being cautious and and them not wanting him to go out there as a rookie trying to prove himself and make it worse. You know, not that, you know, actually what he did was he suffered a stress fracture in the bone in his leg in his lower leg, and that's what we've been waiting to see if it will heal. You know, I feel like if we'd have known that back in April or May, whenever it happened in those first OTA practices, if we'd have known then, this wouldn't be as bad as it is now. Because, uh, you know, if anybody, anyone who follows me on Twitter, if you don't, you should, because I plan on having a much bigger presence on Twitter uh, this season, especially during the games uh, this year. Uh, I went on a seven tweet Twitter rant where, and you know, the the punctuation on it at the end was, I, 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 I feel like you know you were told that someone went to the went to the hospital for uh, you know like a splinter, only to find out they died of multiple gunshot wounds. Like whoa 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 whoa, you told me the guy was going for a band aid. Now he's got he's riddled his body is riddled with bullets. That's kind of how I feel like this went like we've been basically we've been been pandered to and told hey you guys relax it's no big deal it's just uh you know we're just uh being cautious and you know we just we just want to make sure that he's 115 percent healthy before we put him out there and he goes out there as a rookie doing rookie things and pushing himself a little harder than we should we're trying to ease him back into things slowly so he doesn't overdo it when we finally turn him loose not Like, oh, yeah, he had a stress fracture in his leg and those things, you know, we want it. You have to set the expectation, okay? You just have to, especially with something like this. This, obviously, is their worst-case scenario. The worst-case scenario is what we're experiencing right here. And looking at, at an interview Ryan Pace gave earlier today when he addressed the situation, they've known about this and the severity of what could happen since it happened and if they had shared that with us from the beginning it's not necessarily their responsibility to but the backlash of not doing that is what they're going to be dealing with now because bear fans are going to be pissed off like i am right now if we had known that white suffered a stress fracture back in may Nobody would be pissed off about the fact that we're just now finding out it's a stress fracture that didn't heal on its own. It's going to require surgery. So, I mean, we might be pissed off right now saying, well, why don't we just get the surgery back in May and just get it over with so that he is healthy for the beginning of the season. But instead, we've all been thinking for the last 12, well, basically the entire summer, we've all been thinking that this is the Bears, this is their top choice, this is the the first – First round pick of this new uh, regime, and they're trying to be as cautious as possible. I was actually optimistic when I heard this that the Bears are being smart about it, that they're being you know, that what they were being cautious, they were being careful, and you know because they know how badly Kevin White wants to go out there and how badly he wants to impress. He does have a tall, he does have the tall order of being the replacement for Brandon Marshall uh, this year, or he did anyway so you know it it made sense that the bears wanted to kind of pull the reins back on him a little bit but had we known back in may that this was a stress fracture we were dealing with and that there's a possibility that if we don't take it slow it could get worse and it might require surgery we would all be upset right now at the bad luck of the fact that we might lose our top our, our first round pick for the season because that's that's the situation he's gonna he's he started the year on the pup list for training camp now he's going on the pup list he is on the pup list the physically unable to perform list which means he will miss the first six games of the season so green bay arizona seattle oakland kansas city and detroit those are our first six games Kevin White number 13 will not be on the field for any of those games. His first chance to play if all goes well will be week 8 cuz week 6 is our last game, week 7 is the bye. So he'll have until week 8, November 1st to get to, you know, that would be the earliest that we will see Kevin White. Week 8 against Minnesota at home can is the is the earliest is best case scenario for a Kevin White debut in a Bear uniform. Okay? The Bears have until week 11, week 11, so our November 22nd battle against the Broncos, that's week 11. Basically, they have until week 11 to activate him, and if they don't, by that November 22nd date, they have to shut him down for the year after that. So those that's the timeline. Week six, first six games, Kevin White, as of this moment, definitely out. The earliest that we'll see him is after the bye in Week 7, Week 8, uh, at home against the Vikings on November 1st. November 22nd, Week 11, is the last chance for the Bears to activate White to the roster, or they have to shut him down for the year. So those are the bullet points that we'll be looking at uh, with Kevin White. You know, it just... As a fan, you, you know that that asking that basically what i'm bitching about here the, the 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 little information that the bears have given out at this time of the year it doesn't make sense to be that cagey with the information okay we're not playing football games you're not giving your opponent a competitive advantage by admitting that someone is hurt it's not like we're trying to keep our opponents at bay and have them expecting to face kevin white when we know he's not going to play, so the fact that they've been holding off on on basically telling us anything, I feel was a huge mistake on their part, uh, an enormous mistake. They 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 played this and they were probably talking about our new GM Ryan Pace, um, you know, being at the head of that decision. They played this wrong from the very beginning, because now they're going to have a lot of pissed off. Bear fans who feel blindsided by this announcement you know because that's exactly what it feels like you know like i said before it's like hearing somebody went to the hospital to get a band-aid for a splinter only to hear that the guy died from 35 gunshot wounds to his chest It's like whoa whoa you said he needed a band-aid not a heart replacement i mean it's ridiculous what though the way that 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 they've handled this and for it to be that big a shock that you know for us to hear yeah Kevin White could be done for the year what a second I thought we were just gingerly getting him ready you know slowing him down so that when you turn him loose he can go full go (laughs) not he's been dealing with a stress fracture therefore we have to be really really careful with this recovery process, if we have any setbacks, it might require surgery. If those were words that came out of Ryan Pace's mouth back in May, this would not sting as badly as it does. Okay, this was a total PR flub on the, on the part of Ryan Pace and the Chicago Bears organization um, as a whole. And with that in mind, I have a message. For our general manager. Mr. Pace, this is Chicago. This is the Chicago Bears. We are not, as I'm sure you know, we are not the New Orleans Saints. We are a fan base of a charter franchise of this league. Charter franchise. That means NFL day one. The Bears aka the Decatur Staley's were a member of the organization from its inception. We have a fan base that spans generations, multiple multiple generations of people. We are also in a fan in a city, a sports town where there are lots of choices. Okay? Now the Bears are the only game in town as far as football is concerned, but we have two baseball teams. We have a basketball team. We have a world championship hockey team. There are choices in Chicago. In New Orleans, where you come from, as far as the NFL is concerned, until about five years ago, however long it's been, when the Hornets, a.k.a. Pelicans, came to town, the Saints were literally all New Orleans had to go with. Okay, You come from a fan base of circumstance, not of a fan base, of big tradition, and, you know, generations of, you know, families and everything. It's just, this is a whole different ballgame that you're dealing with here, okay? The passion from the fans that you are in charge of now is leaps and bounds from where it was down south on the bayou. You have to be smarter than this. You have to be because you're going to eat a bunch of crap for this when you really didn't have to. And I, I don't, I know it sounds like I feel like we've been lied to, it's just, you know, it's, it's that it's that old lawyer's line. It's like, I didn't lie, I just didn't tell the whole truth. Well, when it comes to Chicago, you got to tell us the whole truth. If you don't want a backlash from your fan base like this, you can't do that. You can't do it. Okay, Like I said, the passion from the fans that are now supporting you that you are in at that you are in you're in charge, dude. You're at the head of the most fan, passionate fan base in the league. Won't stand for this. Will not stand for this. Injuries happen. Every football fan in the world understands that. But the fact that we were we had one level of expectation when it came to Kevin White only to be blindsided by the worst-case scenario that you knew could happen all along is unacceptable. Unacceptable. If we'd have known all along this was a possibility, to hear that it actually happened would have been disappointing, and we would have been upset, but we wouldn't be upset at you. We wouldn't be upset at the team for lying to us or or deceiving us or whatever you want to call it. We would just be upset it's going to be a while, if not a whole season, before we get to see this rookie do his thing on the field. You should have and you could have played this a whole lot better and shame on you for not doing so. So that's my rant. I hope that Kevin White has a speedy recovery. I hope the surgery goes as well, if not better, than they're expecting on this one. It's like, but all of a sudden, because they have no choice, now they're being fully honest about where this thing was, is, and is, you know, could go. Because they know, you know, it's you know, it, it's, it's just like, you know, you, you, you kind of got that sense that, you know, you kind of get the sense somebody's lying to you, or at least they're not telling you everything. And then when you hear everything, it's like, Jesus Christ, I, this what all of this now you're telling me this this could have been you know it it could have been played so much different so much better than they did and now basically now that they're caught with their pants down they are absolutely telling us everything that we need to know and of course we're, we're overwhelmed with this information. We are overwhelmed by what they're telling us, the consequences of it all, and what could actually happen if we'd have known the majority of this stuff back when the whole thing began. He wouldn't have to eat eat a bunch of crap for it like he's going to now. So, you know, the fans are going to hammer him for this. I'm sure the beat writers are licking their chops too, to kind of come down on him uh, and things like that. They screwed this up. And hopefully it's not a taste of what's to come ahead. Because the fact, that, like I said, the, the fact they were so cagey and so you know unwilling to share what they needed to share at this point in the season made no sense. There's no competitive advantage for anyone thinking that Kevin White is just moments away from playing or anything like that. It just didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. And now they're going to pay for it. So how long the backlash lasts is, you know, who knows. But there is a backlash that could have been avoided entirely. And instead, it it very well could become a distraction that ruins the rest of camp. So we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, how it all uh, shakes out. But, uh, you know, I just felt like I had to address that because I was, you know, like I said, I completely pissed off when I heard about it. You know, reading everything, it's like they've known, it's obvious from their comments, they knew from the beginning that this was a possibility. That God forbid, worst case scenario, this is something that could happen with Kevin White. He might not play it down for us this year. And had they shared that with us back in May, just to let us know the severity of the problem. You know, it's one of those freak things. It, was, it wasn't necessarily, because they, they even said in the, in the interviews that I've read today, it wasn't just one play where it happened. It was, you know, at one point it's like, whoa, Kevin is limping. Let's find out what that's about kind of thing. That's pretty much how it happened. It wasn't he went on a cut, he felt something, and he was slow to get up or anything like that. It was just all of a sudden they noticed he was limping and something was wrong. They went ahead and they looked at it. They saw the stress fracture. But they've been treating it like oh it's just a little scratch no problem we put a band-aid on it you know put some uh, you know put some peroxide or some alcohol you know clean it out we're good to go he'll be fine you know he'll be fine no problems he'll be okay And then we find out like oh yeah we, we have to cut his leg off now that's that's uh, you know because it was actually uh, uh, and, and in, in highly uh, you know it's f- wound that could have been highly infectious and, and unfortunately it got infected and, and now we have to cut the leg off to save his life that's that's kind of the extremes that we're dealing with here because they've been telling us all along for the last three months, no big deal, no big deal. Kevin White will be fine. We're just holding him back, you know, making sure his, you know, slowly progressing him in because he's a rookie. We don't want him to overdo it and blah, blah everything's going to be cool to all of a sudden, uh, oh, yeah, he has a broken bone in his leg. We thought it was going to heal on its own. He had a setback when we started letting him run again and, you know, now we got to have surgery to put his leg back together, and uh, he he might not play football this year. <sighs> so I mean we've we've kind of got an in- incl- inclination that it it might be something more serious, especially with how slow his progress was. As far as they they might might let him do some light jogging next week after the first two weeks of practice he's missed uh, and everything, but now we know. Now we know what's going on, and we should have known all along is what I'm saying, so that that we wouldn't feel so blindsided about this. And, you know, it's just – and, of course, this comes on the heels of the fact that, oh, yeah, by the way, Alshon Jeffrey suffered a calf injury uh, on Tuesday and was wearing a boot and crutches at the preseason game. Uh, on Thursday. They say he's only out for a week or so. They're saying they're being cautious with him but as you know we've heard that whole cautious thing before so I'll be, you know so don't color me surprised when we hear that. Oh yeah, uh, by the way, you remember we said it was a calf strain? Well, he, he pulled the entire calf muscle uh, from the bone and uh, he's going to require surgery that will keep him out until 2017. So uh, sorry. So Anyway, I think I'm done with that. So, now that we have that out of the way, now we can move on to the actual preseason game and and just talk about it briefly cuz, you know, despite the fact that we won the game, uh it wasn't it was actually kind of a boring uh contest as most first preseason games are. There were some well, there were a few highlights in there, some things we'd like to talk about, but uh, you know, unfortunately it wasn't we're not going to be talking about the people we want to be talking about we're going to be talking about a lot of guys that probably aren't going to make the team so anyway let's go ahead and finish this rant and dive into the preseason opener against the Miami Dolphins (laughs) So before all the uh, noise of the Kevin White situation, hell, before we even knew about Alshon Jeffrey, uh, we just thought that it was, uh, you know, it was John Fox holding some of the veterans out of a meaningless football game. Um, the Bears played a game on Thursday night to kick off the preseason and this brand-new regime with John Fox at the helm uh, against the Miami Dolphins. And um, the Bears won 27-10. to 10. Uh, But, uh, you know, unfortunately, only three of those 27 points came from our starters, and it was a very unimpressive debut that the the Bears made at the start of the football game. Now, it is the first preseason game, so we got to take it with a grain of salt. But face value up front, you know, just looking at it as it was, as it happened, It doesn't exactly inspire enthusiasm uh, from the fan base because the Dolphins took the opening kickoff, 14 plays, 85 yards, eight minutes of time of possession, and capped it off with a touchdown drive. It was like watching last year's Miami game all over again where all of a sudden Ryan Tannehill is the second coming of Joe Montana. He's out there, he's accurate, he's finding receivers in open spots, they're moving the football, they're running it down our throats uh, and everything, it wasn't exactly the best debut for this 3-4 defense uh, of Vic Fangio's uh, and, and everything. On the flip side, <laughs> we, it is the first preseason game and these are, these are games that you don't game plan for. So we weren't. We didn't go into the game expecting the Dolphins to do this or looking for the Dolphins to do that. We were going out there. We're running our defense. They're running their offense, and their offense was just better than us, uh, or you know, their offense was in a better position, or you know, they just they were better than us. Let's, that's basically it. Uh, they were able to put points on the board against our defense. Our defense had a lot of trouble stopping them. There really wasn't much to talk about uh as far as the defense is concerned aside from the fact that jared allen could have put a squash to it by uh he made a great play actually he saw the play coming he got in his way ryan Tannehill tried to be slick and kind of sneak it under his armpit and and jared allen almost uh picked it off he, he tried to one hand it and he dropped it that would have put a de- put an end to the uh to the drive and the dolphins don't score a touchdown uh possibly at all uh that night but Uh, Unfortunately, he did drop it. The drive continued and was capped off by a Ryan Tannehill touchdown pass. So, you know, we were missing. Uh, Antro Roll did not play. Uh, Matt Forte did not play. Uh, There were a few others, Alshon Jeffrey, obviously, uh, that did not play. So, you know, we weren't getting the full look of our football team uh, on Thursday night. But those that were out there, at the very least, the people that were playing in place of guys like Matt Forte and Ann Rolle, these are going to be the guy, the first guys off the bench when it comes for, comes to rotation, or you know guys that are, may not be starters, but they're going to be contributors. Didn't exactly jump off the page uh, at you uh, in a positive way. So after we give up this touchdown drive uh, to the Dolphins, it's our turn. The new Adam Gase led. Offense of the Chicago Bears uh, goes out there. Jacquez Rogers was our starting running back uh, for it. We go three and out, and Cutler nearly throws an interception on the first drive. So it basically looked like Mel Tucker and Mark Tressman were calling plays via satellite for the starters in the first quarter because we did not impress at all on those first those first drives, like initial reaction, or as we like to say on this show, knee-jerk reaction, two huge thumbs down you know one thumb for the defense the other thumb uh for the offense a three and out from the offense a 14 play touchdown drive from the defense to kick things off not exactly what we as bear fans were hoping for when we got uh, when we got this brand new coaching staff uh in town a very very inauspicious debut uh for the for our respective uh units however The second offensive possession for the Bears, 12 plays, 61 yards, uh, five and a half minutes time of possession, unfortunately ended in a field goal when our brand-new center, Will Montgomery, replacing the dearly departed Roberto Garza. um, Our center, the guy that snapped the ball and actually is the person that starts the play, uh, got called for a false start on fourth and two. The Bears were going to go for it. Uh, our center of all people uh, goes a <laughs> false start and uh, we have to it's now fourth and seven so we had to bring on Robbie Gold 48 yard field goal of course he makes it and it's uh, seven to three so and that pretty much did it for the starters uh, after after that drive um, not very impressive the first half ended at a 10 to three score so for the most part the Dolphins starters beat our starters 10 to three and it probably wasn't even that close as far as performance on the field was concerned. I think we had eight or nine penalties before halftime. A lot of them were what you call pre-snap penalties, false starts, things like that, things that, number one, they can be easily cleaned up, but they plagued us all of last year. All of last year, those pre-snap penalties were a problem, one after another. First play of the game, Jordan Mills gets busted for a false start. Not exactly, you know, like I said, not exactly how you want to kick things off. So um, the second half, however, when our second and third string guys uh, came in there, a much better half for us. Um, you know, we forced four turnovers in the second half. Um, a, a, an especially outstanding job um, from, it was an interception by uh timu was his name is an undrafted an undrafted free agent out of washington i believe john timu um yeah out of washington you know not only was it an awesome interception but he had fantastic coverage on the play i mean the 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 receiver i believe was a tight end or a slot receiver one of the two coming across the middle of the of the field timu latched on to him i mean he basically was that that receiver's jersey and uh you know the quarterback tried to throw it in there timu taps it into the air you know maintains concentration catches the ball brings it down boom there we go interception uh the bears were able to turn that into their only in, into their first touchdown drive which ended uh, towards the end of the fourth quarter actually it was uh kadeem Carey, one yard touchdown run um, that uh, gave the Bears the lead, 17 to 10. At that point, uh, right before the end of the uh, the fourth quarter, Jimmy Clausen being the quarterback for most of the second half, actually for the majority of the football game, because Cutler went out early in the second quarter, and Clausen was around until about five minutes into the fourth quarter, actually, I think, because we we're w- w- my uh, I I didn't I had forgotten the fact that David fails. Um, wasn't playing he's nursing a shoulder injury or something like that and um, Shane Carden the undrafted rookie free agent quarterback that we signed was actually the quarterback in the fourth quarter that led our final touchdown drive which was capped off by an awesome 54-yard touchdown run from Sonoris Perry and you know who's more of a special teams contributor at least that's how he made the team last year. But uh, you know, you break any 54-yard runs, <laughs> you're gonna have a shot to make the roster. So, you know, the 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 backups, the the uh, you know, second stringers, third string guys that played for us won us the game because we basically won the game 24 to nothing in the second half. That's exactly what happened. We won the game 24 to nothing in the second half. It was 10 to three at halftime. We won the game 27 to 10. So um apparently we have a deeper team than the Dolphins did because we pretty much dominated the second half but when it comes to the guys that count the Dolphins were better than us and it showed at least for this first preseason game so again first preseason game you take it with a grain of salt but initial thoughts aka knee-jerk reactions were not that good so You know, it's one of those things where we as fans need to have, uh, you know, like they say, a quarterback has to have amnesia when he throws an interception. We as fans need to have amnesia about the way the Bears played in that first preseason game because it was the first preseason game, the first time that our guys were taking on somebody that weren't wearing the same colors as them, you know, not butting heads with their own guys in practice and blah, 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 blah. So, you know... It, it was just disappointing that it uh, you know we didn't look very good but it was the first preseason game there's no need to panic um you know just discouraging uh, to see you know we ended up with 15 penalties in the game and actually as i'm sitting here looking at the stat sheet it was fairly even across the board third down deficiency was basically the same they ran 71 plays we ran 68. They had 340 total yards. We had 355. Um, They had basically five yards of play. We had 5.3. We both had the ball 13 times. Uh, They had a slight edge in passing yards, 241 to 191. We had a big advantage in rushing, 166 to 102. And I think that was probably the most encouraging thing about the game was that John Fox's philosophy came through pretty well in the fact that We plan on running the football. We ran it 33 times. We ran the ball 33 times on Thursday night, five yards a carry at 166 yards for the football game. So that's something that we can look forward to, a more balanced attack from our offense as opposed to an offense that a year ago threw the ball 65% of the time. 65%. That's insane. That's no way to succeed in the NFL. And um, you know, obviously the big the big downer being fifteen penalties for eighty three yards. Um, you know, like I said, like I was saying a second ago, everything looks evenly matched until you get to the turnovers. Four turnovers for Miami, zero for the Bears, and those four turnovers I think resulted in points almost every time uh in the game. They they got us two touchdowns, or at least they got us um uh, Sam a- Ako, Acho, the, uh, the the outside linebacker we signed away from the Cardinals, had an interception in the fourth quarter. Um, probably a little late for him to have been in the game at that point for someone that's the second stringer, but it was an important interception. It put some more points on the board. And, uh, you know, we had three interceptions, recovered a fumble. Uh, a great play, actually, uh, from Sherrick McManus. Uh, who um, pulled a pulled a uh, you know a, a Peanut Tillman on that one? He didn't get the Peanut punch in there, but you know how Peanut was always going in there and reaching for the ball. It was actually going to be a really great play uh, for the Dolphins, and then Sherrick McManus came up from behind, stripped the ball out of his hands, and ended up recovering his own fumble because it was a. You know, it was a fumble drill for sure, guys diving on the football. It was actually a miracle that the damn thing stayed in bounds as close to the sideline as it was when it happened. But uh, it ended up being McManus that ended up recovering it uh, at the end. So, um, you know, there were some signs of encouragement, but unfortunately it came from guys we won't be relying on uh, when the season comes around, or at least guys you wouldn't think that we would be. Anyway, the guys that we're depending on, the starters, the ones that took the field first on Thursday, didn't do much to encourage Bear fans that uh, our better days are ahead of us. But like I said, that's something that we're going to have to have amnesia about. Just forget about what you saw on Thursday night. It's the first preseason game, the first game action. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Pittsburgh Steelers last night. You think that would happen in the regular season when the starters are playing four quarters? No. Probably not. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. What happened, happened. And, um, you know, we'll have to wait and see what really happens when real football starts getting played in, what, 20, 28 days, 29 days? September 13th. So a, a, a month to the day from the first preseason game, which was Thursday, August 13th, Green Bay comes to Soldier Field and we kick off the regular season the right way. So, um Hopefully that will be a positive afternoon for us, even if we don't win. We'll be competitive as opposed to the way that they embarrassed the crap out of us last year. So anyway, um, you know, if you want to talk about players of the game, um, Sonoris Perry for sure starts off, uh, you know, jumps out at me. He had 90 yards on 10 carries, a 54-yard touchdown run. Uh, Jacquez Rogers averaged 4.7 yards a carry, seven yards or seven carries, 33 yards. Uh, Kadim Carey seven carries 34 yards uh, you know it's it's encouraging to see them running the ball like that uh, the only person who didn't run it well and I think it was probably because of the blocking wasn't that great was Jeremy Lankford who played a lot of snaps with you know rotating with Jaquiz Rogers with the first team had four carries for a yard so yeah not so good to start off but we had 166 yards rushing in the football game that part at least is encouraging uh from the start so we'll uh we'll wait and see how the rest of it unfolds only uh one sack in the game and that was from sam Acho. Acho, i gotta figure out how to say that guy's name um you know he had the interception and a sack so i guess he could be our defensive uh mvp maybe even uh, if you want to throw in sheriff mcmanus who technically led the team in tackles with a whopping four tackles but he also had the uh the forced fumble, and the fumble recovery uh, on Thursday night. So those two, let's let's call them our co-defensive players of the game, and we'll give Sonoris Perry our 90-yard rusher, uh, which isn't easy to do in a preseason game, the first one anyway. Uh, 90 yards and a 54-yard touchdown will be our offensive MVP. So... You know, let's end on that note. Let's be positive at the end, even though I was pissed off and ranting, smoke coming out of my nose, that kind of thing at the beginning of this. We won the game, 27-10. to 10. It was fun to see the Bears playing again, even though we had to listen to Sam Rosen and Jim Miller, which this is a very boring announced team, but it is what it is there. I mean, again, it's the preseason as well. So I wonder how we got stuck with Sam Rosen. I'm still trying to figure that one out. It's like, how come – You know, like the Patriots, they got Kevin Harlan. That guy's awesome. We got Sam Rosen. No, thank you. Give me somebody else, please. I want somebody other than Sam Rosen. He sounds like he's chewing on something all the time. It's gross. Anyway, (laughs) we'll end it there. And uh, we'll come back next weekend. The Bears don't play until Saturday night against um, against the Colts. So Sunday, Monday at the latest is when we will have our review episode of our week two game against the Colts. Starters theoretically go pretty much play the first, the entire first half of the second preseason game. So our starters will have a a bigger, you know, a bigger resume of plays to show us. Uh, in this game Uh, the game obviously that we're all looking forward to is week three uh, against the Bengals because that's number it's the dress rehearsal game it's also the only preseason game that the teams spend any time game planning for so they'll actually be looking to do certain things against the Bengals in that game and I want to see if we're going to be able to do them and uh, you know see how that all works out when when we know we're going in game planning for something to, see how our, to, to watch our coaching staff do its thing when it actually has to coach the team on strategy and scheme and and so on going forward. So looking forward to that game before we wrap it up with the Browns uh, at the beginning of September. So that is going to do it for the preseason week one review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Hopefully we won't be ranting about anything else except for a Bear victory in a good-looking preseason game next weekend so until then my name is larry d and this has been the chicago bears review